0: The you are listening to Why the Truck.
1: Are you ready to truck it? It's time for your Nooner with Dooner. Morning, Bruce said this is the, uh, the most Monday of all Mondays. I don't know. I think that might go to like the Super Bowl. I actually enjoyed the break. Like, I don't come back rusty at all. I felt, like, invigorated. I think around here when we have F3, it's kind of like our Super Bowl of freight. So having a nice little reprieve a few days off for Thanksgiving is great. But Steven Lopez, he put out a great message, and it's a reminder. Logistics never sleeps. He says, hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving holiday and weekend. Shout out to delivery teams and drivers everywhere that have worked tirelessly since Friday a.m. to ensure packages arrive on time. Yeah, a little cowbell for all of you out there. Thank you very much for your tireless efforts of uh, keeping our houses stocked with crap. Um, it was a great week, and I bought some stuff for the kids, but we wanted to do like a little small business shout-out, so we went to our neighbors next door over at Time to Escape in Chattanooga. They have a—I uh, don't know if you guys have been to an escape room before. They've even made horror movies about this. There's actually two horror movies about escape rooms. It's the first one we've been to, and we went as a family. They've got to a Christmas-themed room in there. It's not themed room. It's not overly tough. you got to—like, there's— secret codes on like trains and within boxes and you got to count the ornaments on the tree there's even a secret passageway and a I don't want to tell you because you might go i really do think you should check it out go to time to escape they are our uh their neighbors next door. was freaking awesome by the way rachel premack i don't know if you guys saw osu versus michigan rachel premack willed the team to victory with this chant when she was co-hosting the show let's take a listen It worked. What an incredible game. I didn't have a horse in the race, but that was obviously the game of the weekend. It wasn't the Jets ruining everyone's Black Friday with that uh, awful performance. Fail Mary. By the way, Cyber Monday and Cyber Monday deals, we've been hearing them nonstop like in, in, in retail and everything, but are there any Cyber Monday-related deals in freight? I asked all of you out in the logistics community, and nobody has anything. Well, Drage, I should take that back. Drage says, I'm offering all customers one load for the price of two. Nick Kingsmith said, use code DOUBLEBROKER50 for 50% off. Frank McCabe said, I'm offering an hour of freight-related conversations to anyone that sends me a Les Paul. Dan White said, diesel is 20% off, too. Uh, 2022 prices under four bucks in North Texas. They got that going for them. And just before I came on air, Atri emailed me and they said, uh, looking for the perfect gift. How about you support Atri? They're looking for a donation. So if you want to donate to Atri, I guess you can go do that. By the way, What the Truck Christmas Tree is coming up. I've asked all of you online if you can send your ornaments. You want your company ornament on the tree. Just DM me for the address or email me, tdooner at freightwaves.com. The tree is going to come in this week. You already see we're already starting to get decorated for the holidays. Got a whole box full of ornaments you guys have sent over the past couple years. But we need some more. And I'll tell you. Unfortunately, a couple of the ornaments in this box, I was looking through it earlier. Some of those companies aren't even around anymore. So we need some fresh blood on this thing. But I asked you guys real or fake trees. That's a poll of the day, too, that I'm going to ask all the guests so you guys can start thinking about this. And it's split right down the middle 48.7%. Get that poll? 48.7% went with the real tree. There we go. And 51.3%, incredibly disappointing, they went with the fake tree. Got to go real. Got to go real if you can make it happen. Mike Costa said fake, pre-lit, and only three sections to assemble. Now to find one that is pre-decorated. Real trees are great when the kids are small. Once they hit the teen years, go with convenience. I don't know, man. It's a tradition in our family to go get the tree, get the what the truck set tree. I'm not giving that up. James Justin Wood said fake. I don't have money to waste on a new tree every, every, every year. Traxed CEO says fake, easier to clean up, and they don't get brown. They're not that hard to clean up. Come on, guys. The North Face says real for the main tree, then a few fake ones. Got to keep Santa on his toes. Can't let him get comfortable. I can agree with that. Split it down the middle. And then Liz says, I love a real, but the wife prefers a fake one. But nice nonetheless. This is in my tree. Here's the Griswolds over the weekend, though. You might want to rate the strap work on this one. Will there be any presence to go under your big giant tree, though? TechCrunch reports a rush of deep discounts and the growth of flexible payment options were the drivers behind $9.8 billion in online sales in the U.S. on Black Friday. I think we have that headline image. Uh, a record figure for the day. Thanks, guys. According to Adobe Analytics, sales were up 7.5% on last year's numbers. guess they're saying inflation was only 3%, so it looks pretty good. Here's what Rob Garf, he's the VP and GM of, of retail at Salesforce, said, Black Friday online sales performance exceeded any retail executives' expectations. Retailers stepped up their discounted game, and shoppers, in turn, clicked the buy button. Speaking of those discounts, you may have seen this video went viral online of someone at Target. I believe that's Target, right? They're moving the Black Friday prices, and they're saying, hey, you know, they're manipulating the deals. It's the same exact thing. That may be true. However, this report says discounts remained a big driver for sales and are coming in as high as 35% off retail price. That's the stuff that was moving. The name of the game remains buying presents and home electronics. But here's the bad part. Adobe says using buy now, pay later was up 72% on last year across the week going into Black Friday. So the consumers are spending. But it's not necessarily like that they're resilient. They're just kicking the can down the road to next year. And things aren't looking that great there either. Here was what surprised me too: smartphones accounted for 5.3 billion dollars of sales on the day. That is a 10.4 percent on 2022, and it represented 54 percent of online sales. Everyone's still buying iPhones and Androids. I thought the narrative was that we all had them. Apparently not. Adobe thinks Cyber Week from Thanksgiving to Cyber Monday will rack up 37.2 billion in U.S. sales, nearly 17% of all sales for the holiday period. Salesforce is even more bullish. It says uh, it will account for 25% of all holiday perks this year and will total 53 billion globally. Did it move the market at all? Let's see what's going on with spot rates over here. This is uh, minus line fuel. Take a look at this chart. This is FreightWave's National Truckload Index. And, uh... Nah, not really. Not seeing a big bump in the data, especially for a peak season that we're supposed to be seeing right now. Still pretty limp market with a lot of capacity even with some of that spending. But we're going to talk a lot about holiday stocking stuffers and a bunch going on. So on today's episode of What the Truck, we get Darren Garson. He's the chief growth officer at Remcota. He's going to talk about the logistics behind holiday stocking stuffers. We'll find out how Remcota and Blue Zen products, including massage gun, migraine, head wraps, essential oils, and more, are headed over to 8,000 Walgreens locations, 2,000 TJ Maxx stores, and various other retail checkout counters nationwide. How do you get there? How do you accelerate your sales during the holiday? We'll find out. Jay Gustafson, he's uh, over at Eco Logistics. He's talking about reducing freight spend through partial quoting. I'm curious about that one to learn from him. We got Manny Carrillo. He's the CEO over at Town Logistics. He shares his strategy on how shippers should be thinking about freight as we move into 2024. And then Jacob Falinski is the chief technology officer over at Rand McNally. He's going to talk about the evolution of the company from the paper maps era through the digital age, and we've got wooden cyber trucks. how to strap a Christmas tree, guys being dudes, and a lot more. So let's tip the band. We'll get over to Darren. Trucksit is revolutionizing the trucking brokerage industry. Trucksit increases carrier pay while reducing shipping cost. Trucksit pays carriers in two days or less. Trucksit reduces deadhead and empty miles. Trucksit provides paperless BOL, POD, and payment. Ship for less, drive for more with Trucksit.com. That is spelled T-R-A-U-X-I-T.com. And now... It's Darren Garson, Chief Growth Officer over at Ramkota And I know something about you. You're a Go Blue guy. You're a Michigan guy. You must have been ecstatic. I right am. There.
2: That's actually what I was going to jump on and say. The beginning of the segment got me very excited with the chant. I was saying Go Blue behind the background. It was a, it was a great win for the Wolverines over there.
1: Man, you know, on Thanksgiving, you really get to see the NFL and college football go head to head. And college football proved once again, when they have a big game, nothing, nothing on earth beats that atmosphere like what was going down in Michigan.
2: It's actually the third largest stadium in the country. So it's uh, in the world with one hundred and ten thousand people. So very exciting. And hopefully they uh, they can continue the run here.
1: Well, congratulations. Happy you got the big win. I imagine it made for a great Thanksgiving over at the at your household over there. Um, I'm excited to talk about today's topic. We're talking about the logistics of stocking stuffers. Before we do, let's talk about what does to do? Just set the table here.
2: Yeah, well, one, glad to be on the show. Thanks for having me. Happy Cyber Monday. I'm excited <laughs> to talk about how we do logistics during the holiday. There's a lot of planning that goes into it. Um, so both my brothers, Remy and Cole, were on the show Um, Our company is a multifaceted company. We operate in the retail sector and the food service space, as well as logistics and warehousing. And I run the retail portion of our business. So we own a brand called Blue Zen, which is a health and wellness brand aimed to uh, kind of improve the lives of our customers. And our brand consists of a variety of products within the massage world, the aromatherapy products and It's distributed in over 15,000 retail doors globally. So it's been really exciting watching the brand grow and seeing how it's really impacted consumers. And um, it's great to see how we're making an impact in today's world.
1: Wow. I mean, retail, I know a lot of guys in retail, on, on online and in-store retail, and it can be a challenging space. One of the hardest parts of it all is just positioning, making sure your product is there when the customer needs it. You have focused a lot of your strategy on that checkout counter, making sure right at the end, that last buy, they throw it in the cart. How did you accomplish that? How did you get into all these different stores? I'm sure there's a ton of shippers out there that would love to learn from you.
2: Yeah, you know, it was a really long process. I I would say first we had to really get our product right. We went through a couple different iterations of packaging, uh, making sure that we're really calling out the proper elements of the product uh, to highlight to the consumer. And then we went through a whole price stratification, trying to figure out what the proper value of price and quality was to ensure that we're giving our consumer the best product. And then doing a lot of market research and kind of analyzing analyzing what parts of the wellness industry are trending. And most recently, we have a new product, which is a migraine relief cap, which is a cap that encapsulates your head. You could put it in either the freezer or the microwave for either hot or cold compress. And it's a really good alternative to migraine headaches that aren't your excedrin migraine or other uh, digestible medi- medications.
1: You know, Prime Real Estate is right by that checkout counter. How do you approach someone like, Walgreens and say, hey, trust us. We got the product that's going to move sales. This will be a great partnership. We deserve this location within the store.
2: Yeah. So a lot of the the larger relationships, they take a really long time to develop and build. So Walgreens is a customer that we've been in touch with for several years. We went through a couple different iterations of sending them packages of samples, meeting them in their office, and ultimately, Uh, We were able to land a 6,000 store program in their gifting holiday section with our mini massage gun. It was a a really long process, but ultimately the price quality equation was something that really helped to propel us into getting this opportunity. And today, Blue Zen's distributed in 6,000 plus retail doors of Walgreens, which is a really exciting opportunity for the brand, not only for the visibility, but... I grew up in Manhattan, living next to a Walgreens, so it, it really hits close to home for our products to be sold there.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm, I'm a guy, and I'm clueless, and I'm off as looking for the last-minute gift, and like a moron, I just go straight to the holiday gift ideas section because I don't have time to just canvas the whole store. But what, how big of a win does that represent to have that, that sort of real estate positioning where it's defined as a holiday gift versus just being stuck over in the health and wellness aisle?
2: Yeah, you know, the holiday gift sections, they uh, create special end caps. They highlight promotions within the store. So if you walk in to the Walgreens today, there's going to be a big end cap that says gifting for the holiday, and it's going to have a variety of different products. We are able to get into that holiday gifting section, which is really important for visibility because people are coming in in q4 during black friday cyber monday and they're they're looking for the deals the programs the gifts for a holiday and this is kind of screaming here's a great gift section at our store these are products that people are trending towards and initially out the gate we're seeing really strong success on our product so it's really really exciting especially with the distribution of 6,000 retail doors it really gives a lot of visibility to the brand
1: that's a that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of logistics to sort of manage, especially with that many with that many partners, demanding partners, expecting things to be there. How well, like what were the lead times this year? Did they change at all for a holiday? Uh, we heard so much about there being so much overstock and inventory, you know, after the pandemic fell off. And now we're here a year later. And I'm curious if that impacted um, the, the freight flow cycle at all for you.
2: Yeah. So a lot of what's interesting in the retail business is a lot of the holiday gifting and a lot of the holiday programs, they're done a year in advance. So why we all just enjoyed our Thanksgiving, now our company is thinking about what is 2024 holiday going to look like? We're in the process of developing our harvest program right now with your pumpkins and apples. And uh, soon we're going to be looking at 2024 holiday. So we really plan a year in advance we submit all of our end designs in january or february we work through the assortment with our retailer we finalize the assortment in april and then we start working on uh, the production of the products so that we could deliver in august to our customer we either deliver to the customer's distribution centers or the customer picks up from our warehouse and then uh the customer distributes to their end location so we have about a year of planning that happens from the time that we start thinking about the program to when we deliver it into stores. And the logistics is really interesting because some of our products come from overseas, some are domestic. So we really have to take into account the delivery time from overseas, the delivery time domestically, and make sure that we deliver early enough so that our customers could be well stocked for the season. And there's a really short window for that. So if you miss the delivery for holiday, then, you're just going to miss the whole year of of selling on the floor. So it's really important to plan ahead. And the cycle for planning is really a year in advance when it comes to the retailer, uh, which, which is quite interesting because right now where we have our holiday caps on for 2024.
1: How do you, like, if you're planning a year in advance, how do you forecast that when you don't know exactly what's going to happen a year from now?
2: Yeah, so our customers, um, they're really... Um, up to date on their trends, they uh, one of our largest customers is the TJ Maxx and Marshalls Group. So they operate chains within the UK, the EU, Australia, Canada. Uh, they're very into the, the trends. They know what the customer is looking for. And they guide us in the process of this is what we think could be interesting. Um, one of the kind of prompts that we are given this year is we do a lot of business within the aromatherapy category especially with essential oils, and we were told that essential oils is a sea of sameness on the floor. You go in there, they're all rectangular, you have a lavender, and how do you really like separate your lavender from someone else's? So we got really creative on the packaging. We started um, implementing different carton structures, so we have gingerbread houses, we have ornaments, we have uh, Santa sleighs, and we get very fancy with the different types of elements that we do with the packaging. So different die cuts, different foil, things that really help to, to pop on the shelf so that the customer could gravitate towards our product.
1: So I guess my last question for you is, is what's your outlook for the season? The Black Friday numbers, uh, they, they said they beat retail expectations so far. We know there's been some inflation, so I would temper being like super excited about it. But what are you seeing? How do you feel?
2: Yeah, we're off to a good start right now, but we're really getting into the meat and the potatoes of the holiday season. Within the next three weeks is where about 70% of the retail sales happen for Q3, Q4. So we're really getting into that time now where we'll see a pretty big impact on our sales. But right now where it stands, I think um, a lot of the customers are optimistic on their early holiday sales and they're looking forward to seeing how they could ride the wave from Black Friday all the way till the new year. So this is really the the crux of the selling season for our partners.
1: Uh, uh, glad to hear it. I hope it goes well for you guys. I'm rooting for you out here. And before I let you go, real or fake on the Christmas tree?
2: Uh, you know, I have a fake Christmas tree in my place. We, we just picked it out of uh, the storage unit. We don't need to plant it. We don't need to water it. So uh, we're going for the fake tree ourselves. We also do have some ornaments that we'll send your way, uh, little oh, beautiful. fun essential oils that hang in, hang in the ornaments that you can put on the tree.
1: Great. And if you send it, the tree is going to be front and center, so your your product will be right on camera, so it's going to look awesome.
2: Uh, amazing. But All really right, appreciate been, you having me on here today.
1: Have, it, have an awesome holiday season, and, hey, maybe Michigan takes that national title. Uh, go blue. Go blue. Take care, buddy. <laughs> Good you. to see you. All right. Uh, meanwhile— I hope this didn't happen any year over the holiday. This is a demonstration from the fire department to show you what can happen when you're frying your turkey. Uh, Sam Rose says if you're looking to dispose of a corpse, just Jerry rig it over a deep fryer with too much oil in it and fry a turkey. That I'll get rid of it. Uh, Larry Thompson, I can see the headline now: Florida man. And Zach Guzman says when the turkey convo turns to politics, it just just becomes flame. I did not fry the turkey this year. I put it in the oven and it came out great. All right, let's drop that. Let's
3: talk. see
1: <laughs> Fire, that I got. You. All right, let's talk to Jay Gustafson. He's the EVP of Broker's Operations over at Echo Global Logistics. Jay, did you have a good Thanksgiving? You didn't set yourself on fire, did you?
0: I did not. I, was not, I did not have turkey uh, responsibilities. My stepfather grilled the turkey this year, so we were, uh, we were safe.
1: That's all, yeah, that's always good. It's always good when there's like a, an adult in the room that can take care of it and we don't burn the house down. and You can just relax and maybe watch Michigan and OSU.
0: Yep, agreed, agreed. Good to, good to be back, though. Good. Hope you had a great uh, holiday week with your family.
1: It did. My kid, I my kid's in a sling. After it, it was one of those. He's a seven year old, though. It's not his first time to the ER. He fell off a slide, but he ended up going to an escape room the next day, and he helped figure out a few puzzles in there. So he's back to normal. But today we have a cool topic: reducing freight spend through partial quoting. Right? You've expanded your multimodal capabilities. Tell us a little bit about it.
0: So yeah, I guess you know, just to take a quick step back, I would probably reframe it as we're excited about uh, the expansion of our partial coding capabilities within EchoShip. So we've digitized this mode within our organization. Echo as a brokerage has actually been deep in the partial truckload, the shared truckload space for about the past 13 years. And we've, t- t- we've taken everything that we've learned around how the mode operates. We've leveraged the, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of transactions of data points we've been able to gather, and we've been able to now take this mode that's you know, really operated in a somewhat manual way within our operations and customer-facing teams, and now giving our clients tools to get access to digital pricing and capacity for partial truckload, just like they can get for truckload and, and LTL um, within our platform Echo Ship and our API connections. And so this capability re- was released about five weeks ago, and uh, we're, we're really pumped about how it's helping our shippers reduce costs, improve service in a much more efficient way.
1: Oh, man. Oh, man. So, uh and my buddy, Evan White, he said, we got a cast over here, too. I guess the dirt kid ended up in it. A- Sorry to hear that, Evan. <laughs> um, you know, you mentioned 13 years. You have This program's been around for 13 years, but you've been with Echo for almost 11 years. So you've been around almost as long as this program has. So you would know better than anybody. How does Echo's truckload partial program work?
0: So I think what's unique about how we source and, and procure capacity for that mode is that we're not leveraging traditional LTL or what's known within the industry as volume LTL pricing and capacity to service our clients' needs. We're leveraging a combination of those legacy providers in combination with the 55,000 truckload providers within our network. And so it gives us a really unique blend of capacity that allows us to quickly respond to a shippers needs for these somewhat you know, odd, we'll call it shipment size uh, movements, anything above six pallets up to about 24 pallets, 30,000 pounds. And so that optionality and that flexibility between the truckload carrier network and that volume carrier network has allowed us to really give our clients the most optimal pricing and Service, you know, at, at their fingertips through the EchoShip Ship platform.
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. I'm glad you mentioned the clients. So I was going to ask, what are the results for them as you've built this out, and how are you optimizing it for those clients, those shippers on your platform?
0: So it's, you know, we the, the results and the feedback from the shippers has been really positive. You know, while we've done this mode historically, like I mentioned it, at Echo, it wasn't what EchoShip Ship was focused on, and we went to our shippers and we said. What can make this platform better? What would create an environment that gets you using Echo Ship for all of your transportation needs? And one of the pieces of feedback that continued year after year to be up at the top of the list was, I want to come to Echo Ship for my partial truckload quoting too," because while most of my freight might be LTL, four, six pallets, every fifth shipment, I've got one of these eight, nine pallet movements that I need to reach out to my Echo representative on. I'd love to do it through the platform. And so the feedback to the Echo Ship users that we've rolled this out to so far has been incredibly positive. It's helped them reduce time within uh, their own team's operations where they're able to get this pricing and, and tender a shipment directly to Echo uh, much quicker than they were able to through email or or phone calls in the past. And in some cases, it's allowed a shipper to come to Echo for all of their uh, modal needs where they maybe went elsewhere in the past. The value of having the three primary domestic over-the-road transportation types within Echo Ship has made the platform a bit stickier for the users that are, are on it today.
1: Uh, Jeremy in the comments has a a good question. Maybe we've put the cart before the horse here. What is the difference between an LTL shipment and a partial shipment?
0: So there's a couple differences. One is the size of the order. So LTL, typically one pallet up to about six pallets, typically less than 10,000 pounds. And uh, so partial kind of kicks in at that threshold. When a shipment's above 10,000 pounds, up to about 30,000 pounds, That's where Echo has been able to uh, determine we can find pricing that's much more competitive than the traditional volume LTL providers while saving our shippers money from what a traditional truckload may have cost. Historically, at Echo or other 3PLs in general, if a shipper had an order that was 28,000 pounds, they likely looked for a dedicated truck. Now they can ship that type of shipment via partial truckload, save money, and adhere to the same transit uh, that a truckload would typically follow. So it's, oh, no. it's money yeah, that makes and time in, uh, for a specific shipment type.
1: So, Jay, who do you want to reach out to? Who, who do you want to work with going into 2024? Who should take advantage of this?
0: Two things. I think the shippers that are looking to expand their modal capabilities, this is a great opportunity for clients to come to echo ship truckload ltl and partial can be executed here and additionally we're always looking to expand our carrier network so if there's truckload carriers that work with echo that want to get involved in this unique niche please reach out to us and, and we'll get you connected with the right uh, tools to find this freight
1: very cool well before i let you go the poll of the day real or fake tree jay what's in the household
0: Family was historically a fake tree. I'm a no-tree household today, but uh, historically fake tree.
1: Historically fake tree.
0: Okay. I can't give you a cowbell for that, but I can respect
1: it. I can respect it. Jay, (laughs) Jay, how do people reach out to you? How do they learn more? How do they work with Echo?
0: They can reach out to me uh, through LinkedIn, Jay Gustafson, or my uh, email, the letter jgustafson at echo.com.
1: Well, if I don't see you again, have a happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We'll catch you on the flip side. Take it easy. All right, Trucksit is revolutionizing the trucking brokerage industry. Trucksit increases carrier pay or reducing shipping costs. Trucksit pays carriers in two days or less. Trucksit reduces deadhead and empty miles. Trucksit provides paperless BOL, POD, and payment. Ship for less, drive for more with Trucksit.com. That is T-R-A-U-X-I-T dot com. Elsewhere, some of you may be thinking of putting a dog under the Christmas tree. Willow. Maybe you're thinking of getting a lab. Haunter. I've got two of them. Millie. This is how awesome they are. Luna. These are gun dogs, by the way. Cooper. It's a roll call. Reed. Look how smart. Xena. Poppy. Fergus. they excited some of them get, too. Ruby, They're just, like, waiting into anticipation for their name.
4: Gunnar. Purdy. Four.
1: Love him. Love him. All right. It is Manny Carello, who's the CEO over at Talon Logistics. And, buddy, I saw you next to, like, the tallest man in freight over at F3, Henry Byers. I refuse to get photographed next to this man. He's just He's just too tall, Manny.
3: Yes, he is. He made me look like Kevin Hart <laughs> standing next to Shaq O'Neal or Shaquille O'Neal, in my opinion. I felt very short in that picture.
1: <laughs> I, look, I'm six two, and I feel short next to that guy. It's like disconcerting to stand next to him for too long. But did you have a great time? I saw you over at TI. You even took a nice selfie with him on the stage behind you.
3: Yes, it was actually a good time. I think F3 that was our first time attending that event, and we'll, you know, we're happy to go to the next one. It was a really good time meeting. Connecting with people we work with and connecting with new people as well. So, so it was a blast, in my opinion. Hey, I, by the way, I know
1: it's a little past Halloween where we're moving on to Christmas. But before we do, I do have to give a little cowbell for one of my favorite costumes at Halloween time. And it was the rock dress up that one of the talent guys did. I love it. He's got the fanny bag. He's got the mock turtle on with the chain.
3: Yes. Oh, no, yes. Uh, we. It's funny because we told him that we're all going to be dressing up for Halloween during that conference and he was the only one that showed up as the rock and you know it was, it was actually a good hit it was actually it was very uh it was very uh, i'm not sure the right word to say it, it was very ballsy to kind of go in a, a nice convention dressed up on halloween with all these people dressed up with their suits and ties so it was it was a good way to break the ice if, if you know what I mean.
1: Yeah, if you're smart, pick a comfortable Halloween costume. Don't pick a giant inflatable dinosaur or even a mask. They're both uh, they're both kind of annoying to wear. Just go as, as the rock. Now, yeah. Manny, before we get into how shippers should think about freight in 2024, you have a really, really cool background. You started as a night dispatcher. You went to a CEO and owner, and I got one question for you that I'm curious about, and it's what is the best lesson you've learned from going from a dispatcher all the way up to the level you're at now? Uh,
3: the best lesson is as you... Continue to climb up the ladder. You work with a lot of BCO shippers as, as as data analysts, VPs, and just treat everyone the same. Treat everyone the same. You treat everyone as equals, and you know you don't know what what that person's gonna go into their next role into, and, and also just pay it forward. Like I tell I tell everyone in my in our organization, just be kind, be transparent, and just you know just put your head down and just do your best. That's all. That's all I can say.
1: I love it, man. It's the humble world of freight. You know, don't get, let your ego get ahead of you. Treat people as equals. You never know who's actually running the company either. A lot of times the owner might show up in the warehouse wearing a hoodie and you might think that, you know, you can treat people like however you want. No, you'll kill your own deals. Well, you have a lot of experience, some great experience. You just gave a great message. How should shippers be thinking about freight in 2024? a lot of predictions, it's gonna, it could be a continuation of a challenging market.
3: It, I honestly think that next year is going to still be challenging, in my opinion, but I think what shippers need to do is start diversifying their portfolio within their network, right? I know there's a lot of, you know, as us, as a carrier, we go study other BCOs, uh, uh, logistics network, you want to make sure you can come in as a competitive advantage. Uh, some people do dredge, some people do intermodal, some people do over OTR, and, and some of those categories they overpower others right so there might be one bco that does a lot of otrs but how could we come in and diversify the portfolio and help them with their intermodal space right if they ha- if, if if that reaches their logistics network if that makes sense um so i just think next year shippers need to look at diversifying their logistics network in my opinion not just put everything in one basket
1: Manny, I was reading your paper and I found it interesting because there's numerous different styles that brokerages, 3PLs take on when they're dealing with clients and they're dealing with shippers and they're dealing with how to clear entries and all that kind of stuff. I worked in a cradle-to-the-grave model, so I was like a single point of contact. What does your data say? What is better when there's a single point of contact, when there's multiple people covering the bases? What works best? What should shippers be targeting?
3: Yes. So I think um, from what I hear from our that like they get very frustrated that they don't know who the rep is, their point of contact is. So I think the common denominator we hear is far too many from, from our VCO strippers is trying to get hold of the rep, not knowing who the rep is. You know, for as for our organization and myself, we're like large enough to service Fortune 500 companies, but small enough to care. Meaning my VCO can always reach out to me, to my team. We, uh, we create a, a constant solid flow of communication and streamline it in such a way that my whole team is aware of the needs of our clients. Um, in addition, we cross train our team in order to pick up where our team our teammates are left off in the case of an emergency. Um, so may, so we always have a dedicated rep with all of our account representatives. And we also have a team supporting that account rep, if that makes sense.
1: No, sure, it does. So what do you think some of the what do you think some of the challenges are going to be with smaller logistics providers in 2024? We've heard a number that have come up this year, and I'm curious if if those just compound going into next year.
3: Uh, so for, I think for smaller carriers, in my opinion, is just being able to compete with larger organizations, right? Being able to compete with SWIFT, being able to to, to compete with these larger these, uh, brokerages. So I think for us, for smaller carriers, you know, I think we need to be concerned about our scalability, our track record, our track record as well. Uh, so for that being said, I think for, for smaller carriers like, you know, uh, like ourselves, we need to be more... We need to innovate creative, creativity, in my opinion. So, by meaning that, like, by, by uh, okay, I'm sorry, I'm like stuttering with my words. Uh, what I mean by that is, a uh, smaller logistics provider should be creative, creatively finding solutions to outmaneuver larger organizations, uh, who moves a lot slower. So, like in my case, for us, talent, we're trying to stay ahead of the curve and being proactive and react instead of reactive. So that's meaning investing in zero emissions or. Expanding, in, expanding our network into areas where our data insight shows growth and freight or needs overall. So I think we just have to be more, we have to show, we have to follow where the data shows growth and we have to follow how we could be proactive on on incentivizing our, our, our BCOs with, with being zero emissions or, or how we can help them with our technology and how to grow their capacity as well, if that makes sense.
1: According to the white paper, uh, the white paper indicates that over the road trucking remains the dominant mode of shipping used by 90% of respondents. But my question is do you think it might be overused and should we relook at our strategies as we move through this quarter and into 2024?
3: Um, I think it, it's overused right now. And I think right now we're in this market that OTR is, in my opinion, the most cost effective right now and reliable. But I think what well, I think what BCOs need to understand is once we get into that peak season or once we see an uptick of volume, it might not it might not be not be in 2024. It could be in 2025. But we're going to show that that OTR capacity is going to slow down and there's going to be delays, right? So I think at that time, I think right now BCOs need to invest in, like I said, diversifying the portfolio. Have a you know a certain amount of volume going through OTR. Have a certain um, certain amount of volume going through uh, intermodal as well, but they need to start having those, those conversations with their carriers right now to, to set their, to set up for success when the, when there's an uptick of volume, if that makes sense.
1: Is there a good potential in intermodal? Do you think we're going to see some growth there as people move to sort of longer lead times and learning and looking for potentially cheaper ways to move freight?
3: I, th- yes, I think uh, intermodal is still growing in my opinion. Um, i Intermodal right now is um, what you may call it. Uh, they, right now, intermodal they're expanding into networks that are not they're not in those regions yet. So I think once they're expanding into those net, into those regions as well as they're growing their allocations, there's going to be more capacities to take on more freight going through the intermodal division.
1: Manny, who are you looking for partners? Who, who that's listening? Who should reach out to you? Who do you want to help right now?
3: Um, right now, we do a lot of food and beverages, you know, dry foods. But you know, we're willing to help anyone that that needs a carrier that cares. Right? We like to service our carriers with transparency and honesty, and then we like to show that with our technology as well. Uh, we invested a lot, a lot of uh, money and capital into our TMS side that we want to um, reach out to anyone that needs that needs their freight move. Right? You know, we're in the we're in the market that. You know, we cannot be picky on what we choose and not to choose, right? So whoever wants help, whoever wants a good partner, you know, you know, they can reach us at Talent, um, www.talentlogisticsinc.com.
1: Very, very cool. Well, uh, get, get any prediction for when you think the market might start looking better?
3: Uh, in my opinion, I, I, I think we're probably going to see an uptick in Q3 next year, Q2, yeah. Q3 next year, but... It's still not going to be the same, right? It's going to be an uptick, but it's still not going to be the same as it was during COVID, right? That was just a a once-in-a-lifetime surge of volume, right? Um, But I think it's going to take a couple years to realign itself with the supply supply chain, right? I don't think it's going to get back to normal until 2025, 2026, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. we. I mean, the Black Friday numbers, they they look nice. Like it, It's good. Yeah. They put them there. But I kind of agree with Rem Coda. They're like, look, they're, this is early innings. Maybe those those sales help pump some sales. But we yeah. still got weeks to go and we got to make sure those sales sustain. It, it, I hope they do. I, I hope we get to see it. It is a little concerning. You're seeing so many people put it on, buy it now, pay later. That's not going to help us at all next year.
3: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Definitely not. Eventually, you're going to have to pay the piper. Well, it is getting to be Christmas time. Manny, if you put a tree in the house, are you going with a fake tree or a real tree? Uh,
3: definitely fake tree. I've been a fake tree type of guy for like 12 years. So <laughs> fake tree, it is.
1: All right. We've already got three votes for fake tree. I am the lone real tree holdout up here, but I will hold that the real tree flag high. Manny, it was awesome to see you. Have a okay. great holiday season. You too. Have a good one. Bye. Take it easy. All right, everybody. Going out to get your Christmas trees, by the way. Let's say you are on my team and you do get a real one, not a tree in a box. Here's how you strap a Christmas tree to your car. If you don't got a roof rack. You attach guy's so Christmas, Christmas tree method. to a Camry that
3: well, I doesn't never have, have a roof, a roof rack. rack.
1: You don't need a roof rack. Order a pair of these suction cups for carrying glass. They're going to come in handy. You right. can attach them to the car. And they make a super tight fit.
3: We'll you just put the, the rope through the window.
1: <laughs> I don't know. This seems over-engineered. Like, I have gotten a lot of Christmas trees in my day. And you don't need suction cups. You, you just put here. that rope right through the window. You don't need anything else yeah, to tie it to.
4: It
3: to side. Nice. See? Grow up on a farm. That's what you get.
1: I guess so. This guy would drive me nuts if he brought out his suction. I would be like, dude, we just put the blanket down. What is with you? It worked, though. He didn't lose it. Look how happy he is with himself. And he made it home. Flexport's Ryan Peterson, by the way. These rate the strap works. Do you think they don't service anybody... They service the CEO of one of the biggest brokers on earth. Ryan Peterson says your strap work post convinced my wife that my mom was not qualified to strap a stroller to the roof this Thanksgiving and saved our family a load of trouble. Well, hey, glad I could help the Peterson family out and keep a stroller off the road. Let's talk to Jacob Falinski, the chief technology officer over at Rand McNally. What is up, Jacob?
4: Hello. No, all good, all good. So uh, Christmas coming, so I thought we're going to be ready for the Christmas poll. So yeah, we can bring it up whenever you're ready.
1: I see, I see that tree behind And Now is that, okay, let's start with it then. Is that a real
4: or a fake tree behind you? (laughs) Hey, coming from Australia, I get used to having fake trees. So for me, it's a (laughs) fake. And you know, a benefit of a fake tree, you can just roll it into the garage after Christmas and then roll it out. So, you know, optimization and efficiency over everything, I guess. You don't really get you don't really get the smell,
1: but you're a technology guy. You know, like the, the real tree is like the paper maps and the fake trees, like like the digital maps, like like the GPS era where we've moved into. But I got to ask you, so Rand McNally, most people you bring up Rand McNally, they're like, Oh, they're thinking of a big map, right? They're thinking, oh, old school trucker going to go in my map, going to map everything out and in the route. What, what is Rand McNally now for those who only know you as like the big map?
4: No, absolutely. Very good question. So, you know, we've been around for 165 or 167 years and, you know, some thought we, the hamburger people, you know, when you ask the Simpsons, <laughs> because we were in the Simpsons, which I'm very proud of, but uh, what Rand McNally is up to now. So we are currently refocusing to become more of a tech company. So uh, after, you know, a number of years when Rand McNally led the mapping and all the other elements of the industry and he said, everybody knows. Uh, Rand McNally from the printed maps, uh, you know, from the 90s, we started investing very, very heavily in a, in technology. And for the last uh, few years, we're reshaping ourselves to be more of a technology startup. And that means we're moving very fast and we're bringing a lot, a lot of new technology for the drivers. And our key focus is like we just want to stay in this, in this driver recognition mode that... People know us as being there for the drivers. And a lot of technology we're going to bring in in 2024 is going to be a focus on helping drivers be more efficient, giving them tools to compete with the big guys as well. I think Manny mentioned before that he's investing a lot into technology. He's looking to find ways to be efficient. And Ron McNally is certainly listening to a smaller car in particular to bring a lot of cool tech in the next year.
1: That's an interesting point because brand can be a double-edged sword. For example, Rand made not a super strong band in the paper map side, but you said something really interesting there. There's another aspect to your brand, and that has always been the same, and that's been helping drivers. So you don't have to get hung up on what 136 years ago was. You can focus on now and what that means, but you are the CTO, so this is really a task that's on your shoulders. How do you do that? How do you bring us into the digital era and service drivers how they need to be served now?
4: Absolutely. So you, you work on uh, driver feedback quite a lot and you try to bring the innovation that it's actually center around this. So historically, when you look at Rand McNally, we had a lot of products that were kind of disjointed. We would bring something, we'll slap our logo on it and think, hey, it's a Rand McNally product. Uh, not anymore. So right now, what we're doing, we're building what we call a round one ecosystem. And that means all the products that you'll get from Rand McNally, they actually give you a coherent experience and they will expand your your entry into the into the ecosystem if that makes sense. Uh, and we're also moving more and more into helping drivers to be safe and be efficient rather than focusing on invigilation and penalizing, which when you look at this industry, there is a lot of you know driver coaching, there is a lot of penalizing people for eating a bag of chips, you know? Uh, for us it's all about how we can make sure that the drivers are safe. They can get from A to B as quickly as they can. And at the same time, we give them and give the larger companies tools to actually be as, as efficient as possible without kind of over controlling everything, if that makes sense.
1: So what are some of the products that, that drivers are using now that, that help with that?
4: What, what are you guys offering? Yeah, so we have, of course, you know, the Rand tablets that you have in the cab that help you to go from A to B. On top of that, we have a brand new platform that we're building out as a center of Rand McNally Universe, and that's called RAN Platform, where all the data sets, all the events are coming in. They're being kind of nicely cleaned and uh, adjusted and to provide drivers' feedback. We're also working very, very closely with uh, a number of OEMs right now, uh, and we're preparing an extremely... Uh, exciting acquisition to give drivers access to all the sensory data in the tracks and provide them with tools that will help them be extremely safe on the road. So that's coming in 2024, which I'm super excited about. And long story short, my role as chief technology officer or chief innovation officer, uh, I just want to build cool shit for drivers. (laughs) Uh, staff that will help to you know be as efficient as competitive on the roads and you know let's not forget that uh, most of the freight in the united states it states move by road and without drivers that are safe that are well rested that have access to all the tools uh, you know it's going to be quite difficult in the two thousand and twenty four to compete.
1: Well, I think one of the mistakes some new drivers make, too, is they go, I'm just going to use Google Maps. It's free on my phone. It's the app there. And next thing you know, within six months, they've crashed into a bridge. How important is trucker-specific routing that understands the roads that they're actually supposed to be on and not be on, even more importantly?
4: Absolutely. It's super important. As you said, you don't want to get stuck you know, on a roundabout carrying dangerous goods. Uh, you don't want to go to a cul-de-sac that feels like, you know, hey, it's actually a true road with a load of you know, cattle. Uh, all these things are super important. So uh, it's not only for the safety, but it's also for the efficiency of the route. So Rand McNally has a purpose-built set of track attributes that we embed in all the products that we do and that should give you a peace of mind that where you're actually going, uh, you're going to get there and you're not going to upset a lot of people on the way and you're not going to get stuck. So that's kind of a number of stories, you know, you've seen tracks being stuck in the rivers, tracks going through, you know, as someone paddock or ending up in a pool, you know, that's, that's not what we want to do. And this is why having the very track specific attributes is extremely important. So for us, it's like you now bringing all of this together into mobile apps, into tablets, into dash cams, into OEMs. All of this uh, that's coming in 24. It's a super exciting year for Rand McNally. Is that is has that been a
1: t- sometimes legacy companies? They can be a little bit tech averse. They don't like to see change. Has that has that made your position more difficult, or or is Rand really seeing the future?
4: Uh, I think Rand is seeing the future now. So we acquired uh, a startup last year. Are we about to acquire another company and we changing the way how we move? So I think the key element right now, you know, is 21st century you need to move very, very fast. And sometimes you will break some stuff on the way. But that's where we're going. So in terms of being take averse, I think, you know, it's it sometimes can be difficult, but you need to work towards the greater good. You know, we can no longer be the mapping company. Uh, people buying paper maps, but they not the source of all the information right now. And Rand McNally needs to adapt. And we still want to use this great American icon brand and continue this legacy that Rand McNally created uh, to to bring some great products to the tracker market.
1: You yes, you have you must have so much data. Like it's only natural you eventually become a tech company. Anyway, managing that that much
4: data, how much do you have to? How much do you have to deal with? And and how do you keep that in order? Yeah, so we have billions of data points that we collect, and we're only going to expand right now to this partnership that we're building. So we're going to have access to pretty much everything that runs on the track, uh, including even like your ADAS sensors moving forward. So all of these things are going to give us mountains and mountains of data. But as you said, you know, it's extremely hard to analyze all of this, and we're going to be investing very heavily in AI as well this year to make sure that we help to analyze and make some smart decisions based on the data we have. So converting data to information is one of the most important points because, you know, everybody can collect data, but you need to present it in a way that can be actionable and can help, you know, owners like Manny to run a more efficient company. So oh, we, have, we have billions of data points, and that's, that's going to be an extremely extremely fun to, to analyze this this year.
1: What's got you excited about AI in your space?
4: It's ability to analyze data extremely quickly think about a video data set for example you know when you're looking at a video data set someone punches the brakes you know very very rapidly right now you know you can just incorrectly classify this driver as a bad driver because he had you know one sensor smashing uh, at g-force and saying hey this is a bad driver but with something like ai when you train it very well you can actually analyze what's the reason for this driver to rapidly slow down did he actually avoided a collision almost caused by another member of the road? And in that case, you should actually reward the driver for that. So what we're doing with training AI is to actually make sure they can distinguish between these two different scenarios using a lot of information that we have on the platform and actually build a safer environment.
1: What do you think the, the road to the future is? Is it is it mapping? Is it GPS? Is it driver behavior? Is it telematics? What do you think is gonna drive
4: sort of trucking freight tech moving forward? Yeah, it's all of the above. It's collecting information and essentially preparing ourselves for maybe at some point not autonomous trucks, because I think this is far, far, far in the future. It's more about the trucks that are helping you to get to point B safer. And having all detect make drivers very, very comfortable while driving them. So I think where we're going right now is just combining all of this data for, for the good of of the road users. Interesting. So I send my listeners
1: to Rand McNally, the driver listeners especially. What should they be looking for on there? What's a good intro to
4: to, to Rand and what you offer now? It's join the road trip. You know, we we want to make sure that. You can join this technology road trip that will give you all the tools to get to the point very effectively. So, go to Rand McNally, have a look at what we're building, have a look at our ecosystem, uh, ask us questions, uh, give us feedback, good or bad, and we're here to listen. So, Rand McNally is here to listen to you and to build the products that you need. Do you,
1: do you have, like, a museum at HQ? You have so much history and lineage. I imagine you have to have, like, super old map books and stuff. What's, like, the coolest thing you have in the HQ?
4: You know, I think the coolest thing is this big map that we have on one, in one, on one of the office walls. It's, like, I don't know how old is it, but it's probably from the time when Rand McNally had the patent to build the big-ass maps on the wall, <laughs> you know? So we have one of these ones. We have... Uh, a massive piece of uh, carved in stone as well. There's just so much in this office that I think, you know, they probably filled another two or three storage rooms with all the stuff that we couldn't fit into our new office. So it's super exciting to work on such a, on a brand that, that brings you back to your old days, you know, where you were sitting in the back with your parents and they would drive somewhere with the Rand McNally Atlas and you know you're going on holiday, right? So. That's kind of what we want to do. We just we're here. We're very friendly, and we want to make sure that you get this great road trip experience with us, whether you're a truck driver right now or whether you were, you know, a family going on a vacation back in the old days.
1: You know, I'm a uh, I'm a young Gen Xer, so that resonates with me. I, I, I've, we've our generation has seen the transformation from that analog world to the digital world, and back in yeah. the day, and we had a look in that map in the back seat, and it's just uh, it just warms my heart. And I'm excited but, you know, as well,
4: man it's well, such you know, a fantastic I, brand and you know having having the having the even the, the chance to transform it into something new and bring it into tech world without breaking it is just something amazing.
1: Well I, it sounds like it's in good hands you seem like you respect and appreciate the lineage and the need to move forward. Sounds really cool. Everyone go to randmcnally.com check it out. You have an awesome christmas and holiday season. Thanks so much for joining us.
4: Fantastic you too. Take care. Thanks a lot. Take for it having. easy. Take care.
1: All right everybody. Before I send you home, you might have put in that pre order for a Cybertruck. I did in 2019. Something got mine. Supposedly, November 30th, there is an event and they're going to start delivering the first ones. I already canceled mine and got a minivan. But this gentleman over here, he built a wooden Cybertruck in less than 100 days. Take a look at this clip. This is uh, Mr. Trong Van Do. He lives in Vietnam. He and the whole team spent a hundred days to complete this complex and unbelievable project. See, he's got the frame there. He goes full wood and you're wondering why wood? Why do you build a wood cyber truck? This guy builds all sorts of like wood vehicles and woodworking type of things. Oh look, he even got the uh, even got the um the hubcaps down tight. Nice cat. Don Lee says, builds a Justin, a wooden SpaceX Starship rocket house for the kids. Could work. Andy Woodart, they're the ones who made this. So he said, "Thanks for the suggestion." Trees up forever. Termites are going to have a field day with that in about three years. Yeah, I'm not sure what the uh, the resale is, but he's got a nice frunk. Michael K says it looks more beautiful and relatable than the Tesla. Hmm, debatable. Paul Mc says Elon has some serious competition here. Oh look, he even built the uh, the little cruiser. Even built a little ATV. And then Komi Chaos says, uh, now we need to have a Lego Cyber Truck next. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. What are you getting your kids for Christmas? You getting any Lego stuff? I recommend the Concord. Not for the kid, for the kid and you, for the adults out there. It's like 200 bucks, huge. Only bad thing is, it doesn't sit on a floating shelf because the wingspan is too huge. And hey, you guys want to see a crazy video? You ever see a tractor get a pit maneuver? This happened over the weekend. This was on Saturday. CTV News reports BC Highway Patrol officers appear to have caused a tractor to roll over to stop it from driving on Highway 1 Saturday afternoon. See if, oh, look, they got him right there. Got him right there. Anybody who's been in a tractor knows how dangerous that could be. Fortunately, this guy, I don't think he was killed. He was injured and taken to the hospital. It's this video of the takedown posted on social media shows several police SUVs pursuing the large farm vehicle north on Highway 15, also known as 176th Street and Pacific Highway in Surrey. One of the police vehicles appears to cause the tractor to roll over by using that pit maneuver, that's short for precision immobilization technique. The BHCP cruiser appears to make contact with the rear of the tractor, causing it to lose control. Um, yeah, one person injured. The extent of the injuries is unknown. He's got Brutal. Apparently, this guy, they said he was at some protest. That's not really confirmed, so I'm not sure if I want to throw that detail in the story. But they say he might have been at some protest earlier and hit a police car before. And this is what had start the whole chase that went on here before he got pitted. You know, some of those guys are just being dudes, though. For example, take a look at this guy. So he's doing donuts in Scania, as only a Scania can. thought that might be a nickel at first. Definitely isn't, though. And uh, he's got the pedal depressed, and he runs out. He jumps in his sports car. He's going to do something that um a lot of women may not yeah. understand. Just a dude being a guy being a dude, right? Just full on, full on donuts. People online were like, "What? What? What was the purpose behind this?" There is no purpose. It's to see if he can do it. Joseph DeLucy from from Target. He said, "My guess is that guy is not a one million miles safe driver." I would agree. V guy said, "The cost of the tires hurts just watching this." LOL. Yeah, I don't know if there's any black or Cyber Monday sales on tires, but this guy's gonna need him. You see, he runs back to his truck right here gets it where it needs to go. And then Sergio Loyola says, the moment you find out there's Cyber Monday sales on tires. So maybe there are. Are there, by the way, in the comments, do uh, you guys have Cyber Monday de- deals and logistics? Nobody's really put one out here. Last but not least, I showed you the puppies with the gun dogs, But you really want a puppy for Christmas? You really want a lab? Here's mine. This is what life with a lab is like. It's Randy Savage right here. Just bombing back and forth. There he is. I'm on the couch just bombing back and forth. People, people said, oh, you got to take him to the park. This is after he's gone for his run. This is after has had throws. This is after he's thrown up from heat exhaustion. He still will bring all this energy into the home. I actually love it. Uh, Real John Gall says, we're sleeping on your lap while you're watching a great fight on TV. Then you run out of beer and have to pee. Yeah, it's tricky. Jared said, my young Weimerammer is in this stage right now. OTR pilot says that's a hard pass. No, man, labs are fantastic. They're the most loving creatures on earth. They'll wrestle with your young kids. They'll wrestle with you. They're the best companions they are. You know, they barely ever growl. They're not like a pit bull, maybe. They're not going to defend your house as well. Although, you know, Randy, he's like, he's a big ball male. You know, he hears like a little noise coming towards the backyard. He doesn't think you're supposed to be there. His hackles are up and he's ready to get you. You know why? Because Johanna Vian Wink says they are wrecking balls with a tail. Richard Denisov says, this is actually me when I book a load with a shipper, not a broker. And Clark Leslie says, having a lab is a joy. They bring love, energy, and happiness into your life. Yeah, get one. As long as you are willing to, you know, walk it and take care of it and feed it a lot of food and deal with it. But other than that, they are completely blessed. Hey, guys, we are out of time. Hit the music. Let's get you out of here a little bit early today. You can find me on Twitter, at Timothy Dooner. That's D-O-O-N-E-R. You can find the show at FW What the Truck. You can look up for all of our back episodes on FreightWaves' YouTube channel. let go to YouTube, FreightWaves, entire What the Truck playlist. And this is episode 657. A lot to get through on there. You can listen to us on audio or Apple Podcast, Spotify, not Stitcher. Stitcher went on the business. They didn't make it through the year. Um, take care. Don't be a stranger. Wait back on Monday. Maybe with a Christmas tree. Maybe with your ornaments on it. Send them to me.